Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast. This is the Q&A episode with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, Mr. Patrick Farrell. Um, for those of you new around here, this is the Triage Method Podcast, as I said, and we are a health and fitness company um, that offer both coaching and education, and this is the podcast branch of the education section. And in this podcast, in particular, what we do on a Thursday is we answer a specific question. So this is going to be a bit shorter. If you want the more comprehensive topics, we recommend listening to the longer episodes, which are released every Monday. And this week's question is a very simple one and one that is likely to be relevant to our Irish listeners at the moment as we embark on the 5K runs again, now that the gyms are closed. And that question is, is running bad for my knees? Okay. And this is obviously a very popular question, um, both among runners and among people who um, are thinking about taking up run or have never thought about running just because of the belief that it's going to be harmful for your knees. And at first glance, this makes a lot of sense it seems intuitive that you know pounding on the roads would be bad for your knees over time however one of the problems here and this has actually been demonstrated in models that have attempted to quantify the effects of running on the knees um the problems is that if you treat the human body and which is a biological system as a strictly mechanical system like you would a machine then you will predict failure far sooner um, that is actually go- going to be the case. So if you were to if you were to take joints made of wood and and predict you know their the rate at which they will wear down, like if you had a cartilage bit at the end, the rate at which that will wear down, and that's going to be a lot sooner uh, than than is really the case in the human body when we're actually looking at at joints that are that are live. Okay, um, and while different tissues do have different um, capacities for adaptation that is something that's important to emphasize like for example you're going to have a different level of um capillarization or blood flow to uh, muscle versus you will versus what you'll have to cartilage like cartilage will have much poorer perfusion um, and generally a poorer recovery as a result versus muscle for example um that doesn't mean it doesn't have the potential to adapt and in general what we tend to see is that when, we, when you look at models that try to predict when knees will fail, when you don't account for the potential for adaptation, uh, they just basically uh, vastly underestimate the, the capacity uh, of the human body. So what I'm saying here is that while it makes sense that running out on the road is just going to wear your knees down over time in this kind of just time and load dependent manner, like more load, more time equals more degradation of your knees, what really happens is more so that there's kind of this wrestling between the amount of exercise that you're doing and the natural course of aging. So for example, like one of the biggest predictors of you having quote unquote bad knees or knee osteoarthritis, for example, is age. So as you age, there's naturally going to be um, some degree of degradation of joint structures. And that goes for the vast majority of your joints. And it's just kind of a, a natural phenomena of aging. And that will take place different uh, to, at different rates and to different extents in different people. Um, there's going to be genetic factors playing into that. Um, and, you know, you might, you might be familiar with that from, you know, the, the difference between two people, you know, and you're like, hey, both of them exercise, but one of them, God, their knees just got the better of them way sooner. Um, so with all that said, but what I would say is that 
the, the, the most helpful way of thinking about this in terms of knee osteoarthritis is that it, it might happen. You might develop osteoarthritis in future in your knees, for example, but that the, the risk isn't necessarily higher in runners. And that's, I think that's a, an interesting point because it, it, it is often assumed that, oh yeah, you know, you can run for years, but one of the trade-offs will be that your knees might give in eventually. Uh, but the reality is that when you actually look at populations of normal um, control, a control population who don't run and people who do run quite a bit, you tend to see lower rates um, or at least similar rates, depending on the study um, of, of osteoarthritis in the knees of runners, which I think is interesting. And it kind of gets to a, to a second question then, which would be, okay, but if you do already have maybe some of these changes in your knees or you've had some trouble with your knees, maybe it's bad then to run. And still, even in that case, the evidence doesn't seem to really point in that direction. It seems to more so, so suggest that um, it, it's potentially beneficial, at least benign um, or at least neutral. And it doesn't seem that, you know, taking up a bit of running if you have knee osteoarthritis is going to be a bad thing. And it all comes back to the difference in the assumptions that we make in that you have to remember that the human body has the potential for adaptation. And if you just have this this kind of movement pessimist view that humans are just going to break down when you start load the body over time. Um, that's just not very helpful. It's far more helpful to have a, a movement optimist um, type of approach where you just appreciate that, you know, we can expose ourselves to load and we can adapt to that, but that load then needs to be appropriate. So before I move on to that specific point, do you have anything to, to point out there, Paddy or, or challenge or anything like that? Not really, not at all. Um, I think that's all pretty intuitive to understand once you actually think beyond just a soundbite of, oh, well, I heard Jimmy down the road. He used to love running and, you know, his knees, they, yeah, they, they exploded basically, yeah. you know. And this is an argument like, obviously, we're talking about running here, but this is an argument you hear, you know, oh, uh, resistance training, those yeah, people squatting, they're going to blow out their knees or their back or whatever. And it's like, and it's not it's it's not that simple, you know, and also like, if you think about it, like think about the amount of people that you actually know, not just like heard a story of, right? The people you actually know that, you know, had their knees blown out because of fucking running or, you know, squatting or whatever it is, right? Uh, versus the amount of people you actually know that did fuck all, like literally did nothing yeah, and that's are injured, you know? It's like, okay, well, like you're probably going to be injured whether you do something or not, you know? And if you were to just, you know, use your friend group or your extended community group, you would probably know more people that do nothing that are injured or got injured. than you know, people that do stuff and that were got in, that then got injured, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really important point to impress on people because you kind of, there's kind of this idea. And I, I speak with this, I speak to, to clients and to people we consult in relation to rehab all the time about is that, you know, rest rest is not benign like i think people think that you know that adding load is a risk factor for injury and you know i'll just sit down relax and rest for weeks that that's that's fine that heals you up but in fact that's not what you tend to see and that's especially the case when it comes to things like um cartilage and osteoarthritis risk like being sedentary is not necessarily a good thing um because you know your joints are made to move they're made to be loaded and excuse me of course there's a risk that you can overload and push far too far, but there's also a significant risk associated with underloading. So I would always just, you know, ask people to, to remember that, that 
before you think about the risks of adding in exercise, think about the risks of not adding in exercise because it's not just a case that one carries risk and the other um, doesn't. And in particular, when it comes to run, I think like one of the things you do also have to think about when you're thinking of those kind of anecdotes that you hear, like, oh, I know this runner and their knees are absolutely destroyed. And like, you probably know lots of sedentary people who have had knee replacements, you know, I certainly do, you know, lots of people um, in their, in their fifties, in their sixties who have knee replacements, never exercised in their lives because osteoarthritis as, as is increasingly um, clear or well, it's, it's clear, but more information in relation to it. It's not just a disease of wear and tear. Um, that, that, that's kind of the way it's typically taught. Like it's just wear and tear your joints wear down over time, but rather it's kind of like, all of the other diseases that you talk about when you talk about heart disease or diabetes, these, these types of diseases and that are associated with lifestyle um, tend to be kind of multi-system diseases less that, for example, things like obesity, it used to, or even if you speak to people now, if they think about the role that something like obesity um, or metabolic risk factors that they might play in the development of osteoarthritis, they think of, oh, more weight, so more load on the joints. And that's really intuitive. It's a real simple analysis. But if you actually look at like the, the physiology and the signaling that's given off excess fat tissue, um, it actually, there's actually a lot of chemical signals that are coming from that excess fat tissue that can be tied in with the pathophysiology of osteoarthritis. So it's, it's about your overall health. And that's the important thing. And, and sorry, I, I should have even brought up the term osteoarthritis, which is pure jargon, um, which, which was just kind of my assumption, really, that when we were talking about being the knees, we're talking about osteoarthritis. And basically, for anyone listening, that's basically just kind of um, a disease um, of the joints um, basically the joint surfaces where they kind of, they kind of wear down, not, not necessarily that they're just being worn and torn, uh, but they are, they are de- degrading to some degree. You lose thickness in the cartilage becomes a little bit rougher, um, and can have pain uh, as a result. But in addition to that, you can also have those changes on a scan, for example, like if you've got a scan in your knee and it said that you had osteoarthritis, you can have that and have absolutely no pain as well. Um, so it's not necessarily deterministic, but, but yeah, um, I'm kind of going around in circles there, but my just, overall just point, kind of for, just further status for a second. Um, like obviously injuries, like we say injury and like whenever anyone says injury, like that can mean so many different things in people's minds. Mm. You know, they can be like, Oh, injury. Like I'm thinking like catastrophic industry inju- injury. I don't know, like you get hit by a car or something. Right. Or, you know, in the case of this, they're thinking like, Oh, injury to the knee. Like I'm thinking like, I know you, you tore your cruciate ligament or something. Right. Now, obviously all of those things, like anything could predispose you to having those things. Like obviously I said car crash there, like, yeah. like literally just getting in a car could result in your injury. You know, like that is one of the major causes of injury and death for humans. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like that, that is a, that is a, a risk factor, you know, but no one ever thinks of that when they're like, Oh, let's talk about injury, you know? And, um, but again, you probably know more people that, you know, got rear ended and had whiplash or injured their back as a result, you know? And, um, but obviously there is that subsection of people that go out running, you know, and they're ill prepared for running. And that leads to a situation where, you know, I don't know, they step incorrectly, they step wrong and, you know, they do tear their cruciate ligament or something, you know, and obviously that's, that's the case. But at the same time, you could do that just walking, you know, you could step off the curb and 
you know, step wrong. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I literally cranked my knee in a weird angle and boom, you know? So like in my mind, I'm like, like it is, there's degrees of preparedness for exercise, obviously, you know, like you wouldn't just go here. You've never done any exercise before in your life. Jump under that 300 kilo bar and let's see if you can squat it. You know, you obviously wouldn't do that. Right. And the same holds true for going for a run. Like if you've done nothing and you go, you know what, I'm actually just going to run 10 K. Like maybe your chance of injury is going to go up then not by virtue of the fact that running is unsafe or anything, but by virtue of the fact that you are ill prepared for this, you know, like even just from a muscular standpoint, not even looking at any joint stuff or ligaments, tendons, it's like your muscles aren't even prepared for this, you know? And they're probably the most adaptive thing like that, you know, well, that's probably a lie, but you know, that's one of the most adaptive tissues in the body, you know? Um, so like, obviously it's a, it's a situation of who are we talking to specifically and you know, what have they been doing up to this point? And that obviously dictates then their, their injury risk, you know, and obviously there's a lot of people that have been listening are listening to this. And, you know, this question is brought to our attention because obviously a lot of people are going for more runs now in, in Ireland, at least because again, we're back in a lockdown. So we were like, right, well, I can't go to a gym. I can't do whatever I normally do. So I'm going to take up jogging again, you know? So that's what people are doing. Now, obviously it's a bit harder as well because we've got all the, the darkness, the wind, the rain, et cetera, because it's coming into winter time. But forgetting all those factors, which are, you know, potentially also risk factors, you know, you could slip on some ice or something. I don't know. For sure. <laughs> the leaves, man, at the moment, yeah. the leaves are a disaster. A hundred percent. Actually in Dublin, did they not do that down the country? We cleaned them all up. Like ours are pristine. You know? No, it's always raining here. So there's get stuck and no we don't actually clean the leaves here either because we live in a shithole um but anyway (laughs) um yeah like obviously there's an injury risk there if you're just out and about in like you know the weather like people again we live in a society where you know we forget that the weather it kills people you know like obviously just you know your average little bit of rain that's not too big of an issue but again the weather it's itself is an issue for humans and has been an issue for humans for our entire evolution so you know that is something to contend with and so like obviously again injury is so broad a category that i know everyone listening to this we have different concepts of what injury means like when we're asking the question you know like someone might say to you oh does this activity increase my injury risk and you might be thinking no obviously why would that increase your injury risk but then if you actually dig a little bit deeper in terms of what they actually mean as injury you might be like oh well in that circumstance yeah probably would increase your injury risk for that but not overall in terms of a population-based injury risk you know yeah absolutely and i think just just understanding as well that like while while i'm kind of coming to my conclusions based on the evidence we have, which is basically me saying that, right, you know, on average, uh, running doesn't seem to be worse for your knees in terms of osteoarthritis risk. Um, It seems to be a a pretty good thing. And even if you do have those changes in your knees that have been identified, still probably, you know, pretty good idea to run. That does mean that like running is one thing <laughs> like because that's one of the issues i think with like looking at the research and trying to sum it up is like what are the benefits of running it's like wait what do you mean by running like are you talking about like david goggins like 204 miles like is that good for your knees <laughs> probably not and judging by his videos of him draining his knees like probably not the best but like so there's a significant difference between someone who who does that, who pushes themselves to do like 240 mile races, which is very clearly going to be beyond like the threshold of 
adaptation um, and, and someone who runs like that so consistently all the time and someone who's saying, Hey, I'm at, Hey lads, I'm actually thinking of adding in a couple of five K's a week. What do you think? Like, you know, there's, they're significantly different things. And even at that, you also, like you said, have to think about your capacity to adapt um, to the program. So if you're, if you've never done any running, like, don't go out and do three, five Ks a week. Even if that doesn't sound like a lot, it's still far more than you have been used to. You know, I would actually start with, you know, all right, let's do a 2K, uh, two or three nights a week. Like it doesn't sound like a lot, but why not just start with that and then build your way up? We've actually got podcasts on, on programming running and it's also, uh, we also have a YouTube video on it. Um, so I won't go into that. But the point there is that you have to still think about your programming before you think about injury risk. So that's why I, I really want to emphasize that because I don't want to turn around and end up for running and say, oh yeah, running is always good for your knees because that's clearly not the case. No different to weight training. Like weight training um, in general is something that's going to really improve your health. But if you go and do 40 sets of your 10 rep max on squats, like I can't and body and say, that's good for health. I'm not sure about that because you run the risk of, um, of being injured and being uh, overtrained or whatever. Um, so yeah, just, just, yeah, just remember, be smart with your programming. Don't be worried about running, just wearing down your knees. Recognize that you have potential to adapt. And if running is an activity that you enjoy, by all means, go ahead and do it. But, but with that said, don't just take six weeks of lockdown and a chance to like run 10K a day because it's just, if you're not used to that, it's just not very smart. So to sum it up, Gary, if someone was to come to you and they're like, I want maximum three-word answer for this, is running bad for my knees? What do you say? Probably not. <laughs> I would say no, but I'm just going to go with probably not. All right, just to just to get that probably in there. Fair enough. Um, and I would just like to point out that, first of all, I have no skin in this game because my bias is actually against running because I personally hate running. So yeah. I'm going to put that out there that I would be more inclined to be of the population that would say, yeah, running's fucking awful for your knees. Why don't you just do resistance training? You know, however, having said that, like that's not where the evidence points. So my bias is against this, but I'm of the same opinion of Gary that, you know, running is probably not bad for your knees, you know, for the vast majority of instances, like I'm sure. And I know for a fact that everyone listening to this could come up with a circumstance in their head, be like, Oh, what if I slipped on uh, this leaf and uh, you know, did this and you know, whatever, like, of course you can come up with circumstances that would lead to injury, you know, or again, you're like, well, you know, what if I was to do single leg squats um, after and before my runs and, you know, try to do, uh, I don't know, unicycle backflips or whatever. And like, again, like obviously we can come up with these situations where injury risk is increased, you know, uh, again, like Harry said, that can be from, you know, just sheer volume. Like, you know, you're, you're pulling a David Goggins on it or by virtue of the fact you're unprepared for this activity. Like, again, like I said, there, like running is not just one thing. Like we're, we could be talking about sprinting. We could be talking about long, slow runs. Like obviously again, it's not one thing. And we have to talk about the individual when we do talk about this. So I'm aware that you can all come up with these situations that, well, you know, my friend did this and whatever, like, but if we're talking about a population-based recommendation, you know, running is probably not bad for your knees. It might be bad for your specific knees, you know, because of your injury history, because of whatever. But again, 
that is why we do stuff like coaching where we, you know, help individuals. Or if you're not involved in coaching, you know, you can get involved in the free Facebook group and ask specific questions and give context there. If that is something that you're like, yeah, actually I wouldn't mind, you know, knowing about if this activity is good for me or not, you know, you can ask questions there. So with that in mind, Gary, where can people find more about us, who we are, what we do, etc.? Well, if you're a coach slash personal trainer, the best thing you can do is join the Coach's Corner. That's where you can access our uh, more specific educational content on our membership site. If you just want to kind of keep up with like what we're doing, the new content we're producing, our recommended resources, a weekly newsletter post, um, then you can join our Triage Method newsletter. You can subscribe to that and that comes out weekly. You could also join the Triage Method community with our Facebook group, as Paddy said. And then if you want to, you know, consider taking the next step and actually work towards your own goals, whether they be running related or lifting related or whatever, we do have coaching space available. So you can sign up um, for our coaching service. And if you just want to follow along with our stuff otherwise, you can follow Triage Method on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, and even on Twitter. So if you're interested in just following along, they're good places to, to try and do that. Wonderful, Gary. I have nothing else to say. So uh, as always, it is literally too easy. It's too easy. <laughs>